Welcome to The Origins Of, a podcast about ancient wisdom, crazy myths, everyday objects, and the overall creativity and innovation of early man. I am Jesse. Hi, I'm Olivia. And we are back this week with a new episode. Yay! Today, we're talking about first names and last names. Kind of a vague one. Not vague. What's the word I'm looking for? Difficult. Big. Big. Yes. (laughs) Everyone has these... Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Um, so I'm going to be going first with first names. Um, and I would actually like to start off with a quote. And this is from Psychology Today. <clears throat> Talking about um, the Native American naming tradition, because that's very important. The quote goes, Some people are like lakes. They change very little as they age. Some people are like rivers. When you trace the Mississippi or any other river at its source, it can be very small. Later on, it can be wide and strong. When it meets the ocean, it spreads out. So it's kind of saying, in other words, some people's names should stay the same and some people's names should grow. So it's very fitting that I have first names because I changed my first name. Um, I have not always been named Olivia. Um, My first name is actually Sarah, which, as a lot of you know, is like the most common name for a girl who is between 25 and 28. In America. Um, and I, my mom chose the name. Um, it's a biblical name. But she chose it not having the internet and being able to search popular baby names. And it was somehow just the most popular name at that time. Um, so my middle name is Olivia. So fast forward and I end up working with lots of different Sarahs um, so in closely in my professional mm-hmm. field. My, mm-hmm. my project manager's name is Sarah. I work with a developer named Sarah. Um, I have a lot of friends named Sarah. Um, actually, my clothing swap that I have on Facebook, the organizer's name is Sarah. I, I was just bombarded by Sarah's. And so I said, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being one of 15 in my own life. I'm going to like use my middle name now. And you should mention that I think you had kind of always wanted to do it or for a long time that they mm-hmm. just never made the jump. And then Yes, I missed all my opportunities because I this is sort of my beef I have with the first name system is that you're naming your child, but that's a baby. You have no... And actually, you name your... Some people name their kids still in the womb. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how that kid's going to turn out. And that's why I like that quote because there are a lot of traditions where they don't get names until later on. They're, they're use, they use descriptors. But they don't actually give bestow a name, you know. They just say, "Okay, your boy or your your son of whoever, or your second son of whoever," until they know more, maybe about who yep. you are. And yeah, what you do. and then you can be named after your father. You can be named Strong Wind. Of you know, you mm-hmm. could have these names. Um, and I think in our current culture, you know, you're just sort of stuck with the names that you're given unless you just sort of go for it. And I just said, "Why not go for it?" And everyone was so supportive and switching over to it. And I think it, it's a better better suited name for me and also just in my industry I'm in an industry where I need to stand out from the competition and Mm -hmm. be and be rememberable rememberable um memorable memorable um and you know Olivia Design Co is so much more memorable than Sarah Hutto Design so yeah to me it just um made sense at this point so I did it a little late but I have a question too I think though Olivia is a popular name now for (gasps) children under 10 Uh, so it's it's like those, all those poor Olivia's are gonna have the same thing as you. Yes. I also have. I mean, my name is Jessica, so mm-hmm. it is the most common name of people born in 1987. Yeah. So, I'm. <laughs> so I understand. understand. And it's. I mean, and I've gone by Jesse for a really long time. So. Right, and I think names like Jessica or even uh, my boyfriend Adrian or Jonathan, um, they have nicknames, and Sarah doesn't have one. I there. You don't make a That's nickname true. out of Sarah. There's Raw. not like a. People people tried. <laughs> hey, rah, rah. And it was like, no, 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 that's, no, no that's, stop. That's not you at all. Um, so I'm very particular about names. And when I have kids someday, I hope to give them two very long names where they can have just a plethora of nicknames. <laughs> and you guys can decide what you want to be later on and make sure that I ask just because it can be so influential. I mean, like imagine if Beyonce was not called Beyonce. I mean, I don't know if that's actually her original name, but. I think it is. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is, but um, but yeah. So that's why I'm I'm doing first names. Wow. Yeah. That's I don't I don't know. Like if her name was Sarah. <laughs> that I I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So to start us off, the actual study of names is called onomastics. Did you know that? I yeah. didn't. That's awesome. Yeah. I, Say it I, again. I, 
Onomastics. Onomastics. O n o m a s t i c s. That's really I'm cool. probably not pronouncing it. It's, of course, it's probably like there's a name onomastics. for that. But um, yeah, of course there is. Um, so I found that to be really interesting. And of course, your first name in some cultures, it's also called your given name or your forename. To start, did you know that animals give each other names? Oh, well? uh, I love <laughs> that, that. That's your response. Uh, most notably, I did not know that. <laughs> That's great. Most notably, um, dolphins and primates, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So dolphins will have the little cries for each other. Um, But of course, we don't know if they're using descriptors or if they actually have like name names. Um, But that also specific sound associated with that right exact that specific dolphin, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then also names for predators as well. Um, That that's an important like. That's important to distinguish because that's how they know that there's different names for the dolphins, right? Because if you're like, Aww. all of the sharks are sharks, but each of the dolphins all have a different little, cool. little thing. Yes. That okay. is fascinating because I wouldn't have, I, mean, I would wonder, well, how do those scientists know that? That's, yeah, that's a good, you kind of have, ha- ha- have that to compare makes them. So... Early man, before we have writing, used to actually sign cave walls with their hands. You've seen those, but it's like the little, the clay that they blow onto the hand. Mm-hmm. So before mm-hmm. there were names, people had individual signatures. Signatures. So the idea of individuality and um, each person having a different signifier is there, even though we don't have, have that in writing. Found wow. that to be super interesting. Is that, and is that as far back, sorry, as... Is it is it Homo sapiens? Does it before we were communicating? That's that's as far back as I think they have written. That's a written thing. It's a pretty famous painting, or not painting, but a photo of the the hands mm-hmm. on the wall. Yeah. you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. with like the red. I just don't know enough to know what era of human that is. That's that's early, early. That's like when they were drinking wine, right? Seven thousand. Harkening back to it. Um, so it's important to kind of think as I as I go on that. A name as we think of it was not the same way that people, early man, had names. You can't think of a name as a name. You have to think of a name as a descriptor. Early man did not say, you're Jessica. Early man said, you are strong. Mm-hmm. You are, you love wolves, so you're a gray wolf. Like, they, they used, the, not even in Native American cultures, but all across Everyone, early yeah. man, mm-hmm. used those um, descriptors to, to, to create first names. Yeah. And I think that is something that a lot of people don't realize that all of our names do actually come from something something literal yep Mm -hmm. most um descriptive names develop both from nouns and adjectives so a good example of that is um the irish gaelic um there's one conan famous guy that is a name that means hound or a wolf and that's not like a that's awesome where'd that come from like it's literally comes Mm -hmm. from the the old language so it's it could be someone that not hunted wolves i guess Mm -hmm. but was a night owl and was out um and then there's aid, which is fire. Uh, and then there's like Irish Gaelic, like um, fial and fin, fair, bright, white, or modest, honorable, generous. So these these descriptors that that created names in the very very beginning. And what makes them sound weird and not just literally like mm-hmm. adjectives is that they're in a different language. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a huge a huge keynote. Um, so this is something that's also really interesting is that not everyone was that creative. So let's imagine we're in a village, right? Let's say there's like just to have a good number of 100 people. Mm-hmm. So maybe 20 of us name our kids something really cool, like a strong river or arrow, true arrow, right? Well, not all of us are creative. <laughs> so the next people who name their kids, they're like, yeah, let's name you Strong Arrow. And like they would start combining these names. And it was called a name pool. So that is actually in the research. If you hear name pool, it, mm-hmm. it's it's referring to um, a section or a culture of people that are like, let's just recycle these. That sounds great for my kid. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not coming up with that. Or, of course, they would be named after idols or powerful men in the tribe or mm-hmm, in the, um, mm-hmm. the organization. And so it's like, ah, this kid's surely going to be as strong as Chief River. So they would name the kid Let's go after that. that yeah. right? And that is, that is super, super, super early. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And it makes sense because not all of us are going to be like... I have this great baby name. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I I don't want to give too much away, but I have some very similar themes about yeah. last names because it's just an utter lack of creativity. Yeah, just, maybe with the exception of the Chinese, which I will get to, but oh, it's I can imagine. I, it's, I just I can't, we're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make sense, I mean, you know. 
I love to talk about Maslow's law of hierarchy, which if you guys don't know, it means that once your basic needs are met, then you can go on to be creative and fulfilled and all that jazz. And before but, that, you don't have time for the right. Things. If your basic needs, if you're still worried about food shelter. and shelter, you're like, mm-hmm. what's this kid going to be? Well, what's in the name pool on art now? Rick. Great. He's there, a Rick. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we have like the luxury now of kind of having the time to to think Buy through. a na- baby name book. Yes. <laughs> Go on Scour the internet. Scour the internet to make sure that your child uh, is the only. Yeah. Or think about what's current in pop culture. Because did you know that like I think 500 babies were named Khaleesi this past year? Guys. I very much believe that. Guys. I very much believe that. <laughs> like, that's cool right now, but I guess we won't get into it. Um, yeah. So the name pool. So parents would choose names from the pool of existing names rather than invent new ones. And then as time went on, like, language would change. Uh, and then those words would eventually shift and change. Just like the English language, like like language does. Over time, you start adding new syllables or, or kind of morphing it um, into something. And I don't, mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie Lion? I have not seen Lion yet. I need oh, to. Oh, I don't want to spoil something for you then. It was, it's about names, but... You can say it. Okay. Um, spoiler alert for the movie Lion if you have not seen it. So the guy goes through the whole movie, and I um, think it's like a new or something like that, and he thinks his name is one thing, and at the very end of the movie, he finally meets his, his real mom, because mm-hmm. he gets kind of... He gets lost from her, and she yeah. tells him that he's been saying his name wrong his whole life. Aww. He's like, oh, my name's not really this. It's the name you gave me. She's like, no, you just couldn't pronounce it as a kid. So you literally so thought that this was then... your name. So you just went with it. And then his real name means lion, the one that she gave him. So it's like, oh, it means something. Um, so it's real sweet. But that's a good example of how, you know, what if you get, you know, take just, away. It's just an example of the way that you honestly that pro- that probably ended up feeling more like his name at that point than what his name actually was mm-hmm. just you know yeah. if you get stuck with a nickname or if there's mm-hmm. just something that you're called and then it ends up being stuck right yep so the same thing um applies to egypt as well and this one's kind of funny um because what's interesting about that is that those names mean something too so the king tutankhamun actually means king tut. um yeah king tut that guy with the real think, long name yes his name means um living image of a moon and nefertiti actually means the beautiful one has come and those were the actual phrases so it would literally be like me coming up to you and going hi my name is the beautiful one has come mm-hmm. like they didn't have like name names like that is literally the meaning mm-hmm. it would be like if i came up and i'm like hi my name is the creative designer down the street and like that's that was my your name, name. exactly <laughs> Um, so I found that to be to be super super interesting. Uh, it's it's a, very interesting. Yeah. It's so it's many like, overtures to what I'm going to tell you too. It's it's real good. We um, got some good stuff. So another big one is of course religion. Whenever religious stories are told, like all of the Greek gods, like we talked about in previous episode, Christianity, you know, all of that, those mm-hmm. names go into the name pool and they are suddenly used all over. So talking about the name pool again, that's really big in terms of, of religion because as soon as that is created, what you want to name your kid is biblical or it's um, like a, so it's like to- a <laughs> source of culture. Yeah. Absolutely. You, now you have this book like Game of Thrones <laughs> from which you can our new Bible pull a name. <laughs> yeah, those are a little um I guess they sound crazy to us, but over time, if they kind of get into, I mean, maybe some of the, the biblical names sounded crazy at first and everyone was like, well, no, I guess that's that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, Muhammad was like one of the most popular names. I, I don't know if it's still the most popular name, but of course it's named after the prophet Muhammad. Like everyone's mm-hmm. naming their kids after that. Um, same thing with Jesus, you know, in the Latin American culture. Jesus is a really popular name mm-hmm. to just kind of pull from that. But it's a naming pool. It's it's naming your child after something significant. Um, that is where that comes from. Um, but now for the origins, I have the first name ever recorded. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. Look, What's the first name? It's so boring. Um, so the very first thing that they have is from 3400 BC. That's a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. of course, this this coincides with... Um, the invention of writing, which is, as we talked about, a really hard origin, which will probably pop up in a lot of our podcast episodes, mm-hmm. but probably not one we'll do directly because it's, 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 it's there's big. There's so much to there's, it. Yeah. There's, it's really big. So the very first written recorded name is Kushim, and it is on a stone tablet, and I have it. I have the image pulled up on the website at theoriginsofpodcast.com, and it says um, 29,086 measures barley, 
37 months Cushing. Like That's it. signing off. Yep. Like him signing off. Yep. It's theorized that he's probably an accountant. <laughs> he's probably early people to write things down right because that was, was when called you Kushim. needed to write things down so he had to make sure his name was kind of attached to it and the the actual stone tablet looks really cool i mean it does look like there's a bunch of markings on it and then there's another one that happened 200 years later which is the more popular one again it's kind of goes back to the controversy like i had last time with mm-hmm. um ayadurai and um tom of email yeah over email this one is his name is gauss galsal but it looks like Galsal because it's G A L S A L. I'm sure. Galsal. I'm sure it's not pronounced like that. But, um, this is also in Egypt, right? Or no, is it no. Different? This is Sumeria. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So th- he had written down some records about his two slaves. Oh God. And Pop X and Sukal <laughs> Gear. Those are his slaves, and he had some written records. Can you Pop X <laughs> and Pop X. It's E N P A P dash dash X. Oh my. I'm not making that up. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, my white girl pronunciation is way off, but that, that so it was him and his two slaves, and there's another tablet where it's kind of found in the same region, but 200 years ago. fantastic. There is one in Egypt, though, that was also 3200 BC, and this one cracks me up because, and I have it up on the website, it is literally just a drawing of a bird and then like a line. And everyone's like, it's a name. Like it to me, I know it's like hieroglyphics and all that. That's great. But, um, but to people who can read hieroglyphics, to people who it can read means hieroglyphics, something. it means something. But to me, it looked like a bird. Someone drew a bird and then a line on a tablet. Mm-hmm. They were just coloring, but apparently they're not. This was actually a signature from um, Irie Hoare. I R. Okay, I'm saying that out loud <laughs> sounds really. I R Y H O R. Irie Hoare, who was um, he was a king. And that's all they know. It was found on some pottery shards. And how they actually know that was his name, I think, is because they kind of cross with some older records. Yeah. Um, But he was a pre-dynastic king of Upper Egypt. So one of the things that I'm realizing as you're speaking is that it, even though it looks like a drawing to you, because nowadays you can just write something down on paper, (laughs) I doubt that people were writing things people weren't doodling on old tablets, right? Like they weren't putting something down in stone unless they had something important to say. So I think that's why hieroglyphics can end up having so much more significance because it's not just a bird with this line through it. It's right. Something that means something. Yeah. And again, back to like the well thing we talk about a lot is that even if you were doodling, you didn't have access to a fancy clay and you weren't putting it in a tomb. Like if you were a kid doodling, you were doing it in the dirt or you were doing it in like the sides of something. Um, but you were not putting it into two sacred burial grounds. And so that's how we know it's him. And the, the same thing with the um, the other two tablets. I mean, that was a slave owner. And that's super important to get those records down. I think a lot of written record goes back to that where it's like numbers, you know, are super important to keep track of. Um, so that's how they I think that's how I'm guessing that's how they know that those are actual names and not just scribble. I mean, it looks like scribbles to me. Like I kind of laughed when I first saw it. I was like, that's not a name, but I it guess it. Totally In this case, it be. is. Yep. The experts have spoken. <laughs> the experts have spoken. Um, so now, that's kind of the overall origin of names. It's really not mm-hmm. an origin. It's more of like how names grew out of descriptors. And they really haven't changed. Um, and to demonstrate that, I, of course, did the origins of our names. I didn't look mine up because I wanted <laughs> you to tell me. Um, okay, so yours is easy. Jesse is um, the shortened version of Jessica. That is your word. Nah, <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm definitely joking. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. about to be real. Mad. I did just. I did Jessica. <laughs> um, so our names share something really, really big. Would you like to take a stab at what that might be? Is it strong? It's super strong. It is probably one of the most. No, I meant like, is it the word stre- no, strong? No, like strength? no, no. Okay, because I feel like clever. that's just kind of a go-to. <laughs> no, uh, our names share something significant in history, having to do with language and art. Um, controversial whether or not this person did all of his work. You learn about it in school all the time. Um, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Both of our names are thanks to William Shakespeare. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yes, I know. So Shakespeare. I don't like Shakespeare, but <laughs> I understand why he's important um, culturally and historically. I like Romeo and Juliet a lot because 
this is like such a side tangent, but I like it because I think Shakespeare had a different intention from what we take it as. Like everyone's like, oh, it's like so romantic. It's like, no, no, no. Like they were stupid. And I think he was trying to tell a tale of two stupid teens and like, look, they died in the end. And then it turned into one of the most romantic things of all time. But it's it's really not. Mm-hmm. So I actually really love Romeo and Juliet. The teenagers haven't gotten any smarter. So, yeah. <laughs> they have not. It's supposed to be like a. No, a, I know. Well, it's a, tra- it's a tragedy, yeah. though. It's yeah. it's the, when you learn about the types of Shakespeare plays. Right. It's, but it's in the that category. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare was known for playing with language. He loved mm-hmm. to tinker and to, to change things. And a lot of his, his writing and prose wasn't actually common at the time. It's just how he wanted his actors to sound. So it's funny that both of our names actually come from this. So your name, Jessica, he... It's. It was first appeared in The Merchant of Venice, which was 1596, um, where it belongs to the daughter of Shylock. I have not read The Merchant of Venice. Cool. I'm unsure. I'll take it. Um, researchers guess that he probably based it on the biblical name Iska, which makes sense. Okay. Jess mm-hmm. Iska. Mm-hmm. Jess Iska, um, which would have been spelled Jessica in his time. So it was J-E-S-C-H-A, but the biblical name is I-S-C-A-K-C-A. H so Iska into Jessica into Jessica so mm-hmm. he was kind of playing that's not far off um and it wasn't commonly used as a given name until the middle of the 20th century so it is actually kind of a newer name to be commonly used mm-hmm. um so that's really not neat. a lot of Jessica's before the 20th century cool yeah. I like that um so my name which I did Olivia mm-hmm. Sarah means princess just that one's boring that one's like a it's in the bible it, it literally means princess in a lot of other words but well I didn't know that either oh so. well there bonus origin bonus origin but Olivia is also used in William Shakespeare um and this one's also kind of boring but it is the female version of Oliver which means olive like it doesn't have any cool. It's not like it means like courage or one who is creative. Oh, but creative. it's so literal though. It's I mean, like, I like that. I like Olive. when it has a, a origin that makes sense. Yep. Um, yep. Shakespeare may have based it on Oliver. Oliver. It's almost definitely in the play. Olivia is a noble woman. Oh, it, it's first in the Twelfth Night, sixteen o two. Cool. I um, think it's fun that someone decided to name their son after an olive though like the first oliver or when it became a thing i think it goes back to what we were talking about how descriptors though like maybe she was like giving birth under an olive plant tree i don't know if olives grow where where olives grow but she's giving birth under an an olive trees or bushes olive tree vines olive oh lord maybe she was eating olives (laughs) she was really big fan of she loved olives and so she added the r i mean because it could have been also like an accent thing where it's like olive that's like, true. The That's R true. is added on the end, and then it kind of goes. True. And then, of course, to make anything feminine in our language, you add an A to it. I mean, it's the the girl version of things, and it kind of mm-hmm. grew. and it's a pretty name, but it doesn't have it doesn't mean like oh courageous one or anything like mm-hmm. that. And yeah. in the movie Little Miss Sunshine, her name is Olive, and that's very cute. I love that movie, and she is very cute. Mm-hmm. Abigail Breslin. Mm-hmm. So that's first name. So everybody, go look up your first name, and I will bet everyone. <laughs> That it most likely means an adjective or an item or a noun because we really haven't changed too much since then. No, we have not. We're after somebody else. No, we have not. Tell us about um, last names. And it's really interesting. You made a comment a few weeks ago when we came up with this topic and we were doing it next. You sort of said, well, can you make sure to just look up what our names are? Because I know that they... um last names come from this that or the other but mm-hmm. i mean what are all these other weird names right they <laughs> where where did we go wrong like, where did it start going crazy right um so i'm gonna have some really similar themes to yours it's that that is the overarching i think mm-hmm. irony of what i'm gonna share so i have last names and i felt a little overwhelmed by this topic just because uh first first names have a lot to do with descriptors and and culture, I think. But last names, I think, particularly have evolved different ways based on culture. And so I I really hope that I don't offend anyone, even though I most likely will, uh, by leaving out the oddity (laughs) of your culture and you're going to be really upset with me. But um, the origin of last names really simply is that once communities started getting too big and there were too many strongbows... What was that the strong arrow yeah. there you know so you've got your community of 100 people and maybe there's 
10 strong arrows. Yeah, because um, they're being named in the name pool. But there's enough pe- there's enough there's not enough people for anyone to confuse the strong arrows because they can remember a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then think of your farming community and suddenly there's a thousand people and now there's a hundred strong arrows and now you can't remember which strong arrow is which. <laughs> right. Um, diet, you per- strong arrow. Particularly again, uh, this is a recurring theme with my topics. I had mail uh, last time. Um, particularly when it came to taxation, they really needed a way of de- de- determining which strong arrow paid their taxes and which one did not. It always comes down to money, doesn't it? The yes. name thing, it's like the, the accountant, just, it always your comes Your social security number, back to we are trying to figure out, make sure which of these strong arrows out there. money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Congrats, and, that's your identity. And so you are now a social security number. Um, but yeah, so basically um, medieval Europe gets credit most often for being the first group of people to like formally use last names. Um, when their communities started getting too large to keep track of them. Now, I feel like there are a lot of other different clans when you get to a certain point that would use a clan name or a, you know, a name for your division of people. And I'm sure mm. that that's across a lot of different it makes sense. areas. But um, medieval Europe tends to be the one that comes up historically for mm. getting the credit. Um, however, Roman naming conventions are where we inform are what inform our standard structure of European descent names, which is like first, middle, last. Really, the Romans did that. Mm-hmm. Is that because so they conquered so much? You think? Most, I just yeah. assume. Like, like everyone's either doing the Romans this now, or the Greeks or the Chinese yeah. <laughs> or maybe the maybe the Sumerians, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, the or I guess at least the Romans with everything that is like modern things that we use, like government and things so the um the nomen gentil gentilician or gent or gentile name okay um and it was basically what designated a roman citizen as a member of a gens which translated as a race family or clan so i didn't obviously since that was not my task research the other two parts (laughs) of it but there were three parts to a roman name um in the standard structure. And so that was really what then the Europeans used. And that's why we have the standard of first, middle and last name in like the American naming convention. And I'm saying American in a very bread and butter mm, yeah. European Loose way. Yeah. way. Um, obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot more cultures that impact American names today, which is a little bit of where this starts to go off the rails if you're going to get mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that American names are a lot more complex than Mm -hmm. just that, but I'm really talking about that. Yeah, the general. Mm -hmm. First, middle, last. Um, Okay, so the um, American, um, early American names in this country really come from England because, you know, like... They settled America and all that. <laughs> what? So, they, I thought everyone was just going to ditch all of their names and they came here and find new so ones. No. Um, so, yeah, most of the what you think of as the standard, really common names in uh, the United States stem from UK, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, sort of that island. And I'll get a little um, set of islands and I'll get a little bit back to that. But um, I'm going to quiz you. You know. I love quizzes. The four. The four. Uh, sources for last names. Jobs. Mm-hmm. Occupations. Family. Or status. Yep. Mm. No? Okay, jobs. Um, well, um, family, if you mean like... Like your... Your, your father. Yeah. Um, or like, um, you, like you, you know, you own like a castle and everyone there has the same last name. But why would they have the same last name? I don't name? know. So, um, <laughs> okay, patch, okay, I got... Um, patronymic. I'm really bad at phonics. So P- patronomic, basically patronomic. Yeah, pa- yeah pa- pat- patron, patronomic. Yeah, it would be your dad, your oh, Lord. paternal, your father's mm-hmm. name, right? So an uh, example of occupation or status would be like Smith or Knight, Baker, Baker, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, patronomic would be Richard uh, Thomas Richards <gasps> being Richard's son. So the is S- that why people have first names as last names? Like a Thomas Richards. Like, that's a real name. Someone could be named Richards. 100%. That's that literally why. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. You it's people r- with your first so name. So Richards names. with an S just means Richards' son. Like, of Richard. Right? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk a lot more about that. That makes so much sense. So I never, I, I always kind of wondered, like, 
Why do you have a first name as a last name? But I guess it makes well, sense it's like if it was Richard's like an old... son. Yeah, well, that one makes John's sense. John's son. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. But the okay. S, like Richard, yeah, so John's would just be son of John. Huh. Same. So there's two more. That's two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say something crazy, like phenomenon or like nature or something like that. Like, well, why don't we go back to the origin of first names? What was one of the common things? Uh, Idols. Biblical. Bible. <laughs> descriptors? Oh, descriptors. <laughs> that, yeah. So like white, little, strong, things what? like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. And the fourth one. Give me a hint. A strong hint. Um, you don't have one? Oh my gosh, it's Is so... Is it really difficult? No, it's so simple. Um, Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, of your your location. Uh-huh. Oh, Locative, wow. yeah. So just like Underhill, Atwood. You know, those are some little Margaret Atwood. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So um, basically, all last names come from those four things. Those four things, and essentially. You, you, right. And because you would think, well, then ha- no, there's no way that that diversity, that our diversity of last names comes from those four things. Um, but it does if you start thinking about what you brought up, which is language. Mm-hmm. So literally, um, my married last name, McCreary, right, comes from Irish Gaelic. Which I would have guessed. <laughs> and I'll get into that in a the minute. Mix. But uh, the reason that it sounds, that it doesn't mean anything like Underhill would or Richardson <laughs> is because it's in a different language. It's as simple as that. Right. So a lot of, if you think about Asian characters, uh, characters of asian Mm -hmm. last names they're they're just um print they're just phonetically written out in an alphabet that we can read but they have meaning Mm -hmm. the characters have meaning in that language and it's quite literal and it still goes back to these same four things so basically everyone yeah um has so wait let's recap the four things are dad's name your father's name the location locative the then the job Mm -hmm. jesus of nazareth Mm mm-hmm that and was then, his last name because he was of, he Nazareth. Was of Nazareth. And then the fourth mm-hmm. one's the descriptor. Uh, occupation or status and then yeah. n- nicknames or or um, descriptors. Wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty broad for the four things. And it covers all the bases, right? It does. <laughs> and it's going to cover basically all of your last names. Like if you guys go look up your last name, more likely than not, 99% mm-hmm. probably has goes back to those four things. If yours um, doesn't. If yours doesn't, please tell us. Because <laughs> that... Will be super cool. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me to realize was that 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 aha moment was, oh, it's just in a different language. Mm-hmm. It could mean strong arrow. It's just <laughs> in Chinese. And so it I don't interpret it as strong arrow because it's, you know, whatever that is in Chinese. <laughs> I'm going to name my kid strong arrow. Just Side note that <laughs> I meant to tell you in first names is that when I went to China, I had a Chinese name. And for my Chinese classes, mm. because it's easier for them to remember a Chinese mm. name, just mm-hmm. like it's easier if a Chinese person comes here. Um, if their name is Hui Xuan, it's easier for us yeah. to remember that their name is Joy. Yeah. So my Chinese name was Yi Jiaxi. And that was because it... Um, Sounded. sounds like Jesse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it actually is kind of gibberishy, and that's how they can immediately tell that it's a foreign person oh. <laughs> adopting a name because it doesn't actually mean anything in yeah. Chinese. That makes so. sense. And it, it's, um, I used to be a writing tutor um, at my university, and um, a lot of that was tutoring foreign students. And so they would come in and it'd be like a Chinese girl and she'd be like, hi, my name is Star. I'm like, right, exactly. it's not. <laughs> you get to pick that but, though. It's so great. Yeah, <laughs> but it's probably easier for me to remember and pronounce and it kind of gets over all of that awkwardness. 100%. But, um, I did yep. also have a Chinese roommate and she gave me a Chinese name and like a little stamp thing. I don't, oh, I don't so remember sweet. what it was, but it's the same thing for Spanish as well. Like Juan in Spanish actually just is John. It's not anything. They're Absolutely. the same name, just, just different. And, Absolutely. Um, Sara is a... Sada and Olivia, like those are both Spanish. They're just pronounced different, accents different. Isn't that, it, but isn't that like a big revelation when you're, you just at the point you're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. I think it's just the revelation is that things are more simple than we think they are. Like Miguel. Just because there's so many last names and first names doesn't mean that there's a complicated origin. It just means we've dispersed so much as people and um, yes. things have just altered over time. But the origin is still very simple. Well, Those that brings things. me to my next bullet. So that was origins. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now we have 
evolution, mm. right? Because naturally you'd think, like you asked me, your initial post me was, you mm-hmm. better talk about where <laughs> our names come from and like, what are those? Like, what does that even yeah. mean? <clears throat> so would you like me to tell you? <gasps> yeah. Hato, you're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, is Anglo-Saxon from ancient England, and it is first found in the regions of Hutton. So your name is locative. It is Hutton, of Hutton. No, that's really cool. And it says, quote, there are no fewer than 29 parishes in England named Hutton. <gasps> that's so cool. And that, that gives me, like, I should go visit the land of Hutton. the Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> There's apparently at least 29 of them you can go I guess, visit. I wonder how much that guarantees that I'm related to somebody who is also a Hutton. I mean, uh, at some point. The uh, author of this um, article that I'm about to quote that I haven't yet uh, cites an estimate that only about a third of people with an English last name actually have an English bloodline because of what I'll get to in a second, which is that so many people come here and try to oh, make they change their, their name. name. They just try to make it a little bit easier for an American ear and Stop English, uh, English pronunciation. <laughs> um, so we'll talk a little bit. I think that's like the fun part of yeah. last names is like getting into like where did all this crazy. Mm-hmm. I knew it came from Hutton, but I didn't know that Hutton. I thought Hutton was like a fancy German word for strong arrow, probably. If only. <laughs> I guess. Strong arrow. So it was Olivia Strong Arrow. Um, no, but hope someday I will become. Of Hutton. Yeah. I can also England. say um, Lopez, which is my boyfriend's yes. last name in my hopeful future. That just means Lobo, which is wolf. It's just a wolf. Oh, it that's just cool. comes from Wolf. It's that's so great. simple. Because like, I didn't look that one up. <laughs> I didn't well, I, want you to be I have offended. that one tucked away. Great. Um, that that's one's much such cooler. A simple, so if you hear a Lopez, that's just... Wolf. Yeah. That's cool. So easy. That's probably way the, cooler than, the oh, coolest of, of the ones I'm going to mm-hmm. note. Cause the, so that's Hato. Mm-hmm. Um, I did both my last names, my maiden name and my married mm-hmm. name. Um Edens. I think, they're, I think they're all actually really good examples. Um, but Edens is also Anglo-Saxon. And it's... Um, patronymic and i'm really embarrassed that i'm not i don't know i think it's patronymic patronymic um or nomic but there's it's a a y patron patronymic it is fine phonics is hard (laughs) Uh, and it means son of eden so eden's is that son of eden which is super frustrating because you're like well couldn't it mean something like yeah insert strong arrow um and eden itself deriving (laughs) from old english personal name of edhun e-a-d-h-u-n so eden was a Mm -hmm. name um it also actually it means um ed meant prosperity and hun meant bear cub in old english they found a lot of bear cubs one day and they were like this is edhun was a name so you are eden's is son of of eden and then McCrary, um, this was another aha moment. I was super excited <laughs> about this because uh, all the mix and max and mm, yep. it just means also son of. <gasps> what? Mick. I thought it just meant you were for So it, it like... just means of. Oh, man. So the mix in all uh, Irish, man. Gaelic, and Scottish names. Really? Is, whether it's MC, whether it's MAC, whether it's... Other, other so it just versions. means son. It's just a... it just means son of. Mm-hmm. Oh and so God. this one actually comes from the Irish Gaelic. McCrary um, is Mac Rudry, which just means son of Rory in <laughs> Irish Gaelic. <laughs> Jesse, your name. Did you keep your so, middle name or did you keep your maiden name? I have both. Okay, so I you are technically all the names. biblical. Don't know middle name. Son of Eden, son of Crary. Like, that's of, your name. Son of Rory. Son of Rory. Okay. Yeah. Son of I, Rory. Um, my middle name is Claire, and I don't but know. But you the, don't know the word. I don't know the origin yeah. of it. That is so funny. You're mm-hmm. just like. But Shakespeare, it, son of, son of. I think it's really funny, though, because you were like, I mean, I know that they all came from, like, locations. I but said then jobs. What do they mean now? I was you like, know I, know I know they all came from jobs, but. They, they kind of all mean the same No, they do. They all mean the same thing. <laughs> yep. So that's why I'm saying, like, if you have a really cool name that you want to write into us about, please. Mm-hmm. Because. Um, we'll do it in our next mini-sode. Yes. We can cover <laughs> some really cool names that we yep. might uncover in our next mini-sode. Um, and so, obviously, then, what I'm going to talk about now is the is the evolution of mm-hmm. said names. So, in, just like something like McCrary just being a translation from Irish Gaelic, and so then it kind of loses its meaning because we don't all know Irish Gaelic. It's a similar <laughs> thing. So, um, this article that I briefly mentioned earlier um, 
uh, it was by, um, I didn't put his first name on here, Peterson article written in 2001 on surnames in U.S. population records um, from the Population and Development Review Journal. Um, so I'll probably post a link up to it mm-hmm. on there. But it was a, it was an interesting article, um, and he was actually going and studying a lot of these records, um, U.S. population records, um, mostly 19th and 20th centuries and he said um, basically on American names whatever the original names the odds are high that at some time after the arrival in the United States they were changed changes can include for example a transliteration from another alphabet which would be all Asian names basically uh, uh-huh. East Asian names transliteration from another alphabet a shortening um, for example Greek names I'll get to that in a second with an example um, rarely a lengthening an omission of letter combinations unusual in English, an adaptation to a similar name in English, a transposition of letters, um, a translation, a shift in pronunciation, or mm. an entirely different name. Mm. So a really good example of the shift in pronunciation um, or shortening would be my mom's maiden name, which was originally, I think, Dutch. <laughs> and it was Von Grube. And it was oh, like two names, like that's Von Grube. That's a great name. Well, but then when they came over, it just got shortened to Grube. But then it was just pronounced Grub. Because if you, like G-R-U-B-B. Because if you're not going to change it and then in English it's hard. They're not going to say Grube because there's no accents over it or anything to indicate. It's just Grub. So she was a Grub. She was a Grub. But she could have been a Von Grube. She could have been a Von Grube. Oh my gosh. Opportunity lost. Oh my gosh. Yes. Come on, people. Stop doing this. Keep your cool names. Yes. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, the, think about at the time, you didn't yeah, want to be perceived as an immigrant. Um, you wanted to be perceived as American. That and so makes you sense. would do whatever you took it took to make your name sound like Smith. Oh, right. It makes me sad because now it's like you want to keep that heritage <laughs> and let's, we're celebrating, yeah. you know, differences. Exactly. And exactly. oh, it makes me sad. So the top U.S. names in 39 when he, uh, over the time that he was doing a lot of this research were, are going to be really familiar. Smith, Johnson, Brown, Williams, Miller, Jones. Of the top 50 surnames, only one, which was Cohen, was not of British origin. What? But then what I mentioned before, remember, still stands that, um, the fact itself suggests, uh, how many surnames had been assimilated to these names. So a lot of people, that's why I mentioned that only about, he estimates that only about a third of people with an English last name, actually have any English um, heritage. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so if you're going to come here and your name is uh, Spiro Agnew, who was a politician, um, mm. he his dad's name was Theophrastos Anagonistopoulos, and it was Greek. Yes. So he <laughs> shortened Anagonistopoulos to Agnew. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. A little more palatable, like a little easier for everyone and all his friends <laughs> to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Agnew then would become a new name, a new right? Name. Because yeah, because then your kids have it and then their kids it have it and then you forget where it comes from mm-hmm. and then someone has to talk about it on an Origins podcast. Because mm-hmm. it's real weird, right? <laughs> um, the other thing to note about variation in the evolution of languages, which is fun, is that English doesn't have a standardization body like no one is governing when the English language shifts and changes which is why there'll be a British spelling of something and an Mm, American spelling of something and there's not really like a um, whereas famously French they have like a literally a board of people who decide that is how you spell it in French and that's that yeah it's kind of the cool thing about cool and frustrating but it's frustrating when you're talking about this because you're Mm -hmm. like why are there so many different versions Mm -hmm. of things it's just because there's no centralized way you know and famously when people were coming in through like Ellis Island or Angel Island, mm-hmm. they were people were just writing down names, and a lot of times people might have even been illiterate. So remember, they might only know mm-hmm. how to say their name; they might actually not know how to spell it. Yeah. So it it can a lot. Yeah, it's like going back to Lion, the movie mm-hmm. where the kid is is. Um, I don't know how to spell my name. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I just know how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely a thing. Um, I also found when I was researching this that there's a lot. There's actually a lot of disagreement um, among historians about blame for change in names when they were coming in like immigration officers some people say it was really a lot of the immigration officers other people were saying no i mean it was a lot on the shipping companies that were paying for them because it was in their interest to make sure things were correct and other people like no they just wanted to shorten their name or they just wanted to go by something different or so there's not really like a set like group to say you know 
who's mm-hmm. to blame, just that basically people were changing their names for a slew of different reasons. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, so let's go Bummer. to now some of the cultural um origins okay. um that also impact a lot of um Americans now because we all have a lot of mm-hmm. different backgrounds that um so Lopez, for example, yep. being wolf, wolf, that's super cool. Um Really cool, also somewhat duh thing to note is that a lot of um, African-Americans either wouldn't have last names until similarly on plantations, Mm. there were too many Williams and then they would start adding like, well, you're William Blacksmith or something. You know, they would start to have names or a lot of them would either carry um, their, their slave owners name really after mm -hmm, and then after and i mean it definitely varied but those Mm -hmm. were but you know you you would have one that was usually either locative or vocational or carry um you know whoever owned you Mm -hmm. and then after uh, emancipation a lot of people would then choose they would either choose a name get rid um, of their slave Mm-hmm. Um, name. Uh, but uh, but a number of people didn't actually like they mm-hmm. just that's the name they had they just kept it oh, I guess um so that's uh that's one of the um ways that people could get their name but a lot of them would choose like you'll hear a lot of um a lot of african-american families might have um presidential names like jefferson or jackson oh, yeah. or washington uh-huh. and those were from presidents and you know just um oh like literally figures. okay mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, they would just decide that that was going to be their family name. Hmm. Um, and a lot of people also did Freeman or Friedman. Yeah. Which is quite yeah. literal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one source of okay. African, African-American last names. And then obviously also there's a lot that stem from African names mm-hmm. as well as people who just decide they were going to be Smith or Johnson. Right. You know? <laughs> so there's always those. It's always the Smith. Those great uh, <laughs> Miller, you know, it's just, yeah. okay, great. And that's also a vocation yeah miller, miller. yeah mm-hmm. um so that's african-americans um there's also uh asian so <laughs> uh asian names and hispanic and latino names i think are the areas where i was feeling most like i was gonna offend someone <laughs> you're not gonna offend <laughs> um but hispanic names famously have um mm-hmm. your first name and then you don't have a middle name you actually have your mother's and the, your father's and then your mother's mm-hmm. name right so the complication can come where sometimes technically the name that they'll go by isn't the last one on the yeah, uh, and they're the hyphenated name. a lot of the time. So, it, it, but if they're not hyphenated, mm-hmm. they extra confuse people mm-hmm. because then people will just assume to go to the very last name that that's like mm-hmm. the last name in the order is your last name when in fact often they they won't go by that. Right. Um. And so usually in that case, it's best. Like I was even reading some of the teacher forums online where they're like, "How do you know what name to call someone?" Just kind of ask them. <laughs> just communicate, <laughs> and then usually they'll tell you <laughs> what their communication is a great last great name thing. is. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you can clarify. Um, it's very confusing when you start talking about marriage when when someone gets married or has a baby. Mm-hmm. How the names I don't I don't know go down. Like it's like if if you are, you know, Lopez Hernandez, and mm-hmm. that's like your mom's is is the um, Hernandez, and your dad's is the Lopez. Then when it's it's real uh, complicated. Yeah. I don't know. I think you take one of each of them, but I'm not sure which one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adrian's family, they don't actually do that just because they are more Americanized. They're, they don't have that. And actually, Adrian doesn't even have a middle name. He just has two he names. Just, his, yeah, his name is literally just Adrian. So they Lopez. just chose to drop one of the names? Yeah. It's just like, like okay. oh, let's just pick this one. Um, and then all his brothers just have a first name and a last name. I don't know if they actually have their mother's middle or mother's last name, but I will ask. I will corrections corner that and ask an actual... Family, think, I'm not sure, but they do. That is a super, super common practice of, of mm-hmm. combining the names and then continuous. Because you don't have four names when you're, when you're right. You kid, don't. You don't give no, them you, both. You of kind yours of pick, and so right. it, I mean, it's actually a fascinating way to think about doing genealogy because you would very clearly know yeah. like who the mother and the father is. Like if you have children of different, um, yeah, um, marriages, m- yeah. you know, of different, <laughs> different men and women, or in any combination, you, you yeah. would be clear. Um, even though it's also less common to use the yeah. No, but, I think it's really lovely to do that mm-hmm. um, because then it's not you're not just giving random names or I, I don't know. I think it's just such a beautiful heritage mm-hmm. type thing where you it feels very strong. It's also that way in um, Russian names where you'll hear like um, Ivanovich and Ivanova mm-hmm. would be like both the daughter or son of Ivan. 
Oh, okay. Ivanova being the girl, Ivanovich being the male. Okay, <clears throat> okay. So that's another um, one that you'll hear a lot in um, Eastern European gotcha. families. Um, and then also Asian names. So uh, the most notable thing about Asian names is that they're in reverse, which is yes. pretty well known. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> if you're learning that here... <laughs> Uh, they're backwards maybe spend some time researching yeah. it it's pretty <laughs> watch cool watch Mulan. <laughs> um, Mulan so um but this continues to trip people up especially if the people if the person whose name like so I'll use for example um 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 Xi Jinping so Xi Jinping is like the current either president or prime minister of China mm -hmm. um so Xi Jinping she is his last name and Jinping is his first name right um but say he, Xi Jinping was a college student and he moved to America and so he wanted to go by he wanted to put it in the he wanted to assimilate yeah. and he might flip it to Jinping Xi but then we are trying to be culturally sensitive and be like, and so we would flip it. And yeah. So again, it goes uh, back to just like, maybe just ask the person if you're not sure right. what they go by. Yes. Um, because um, it can be very complicated to the point where I was reading a couple of articles written by like this very, um, uh, he, he was, he was making sure the record was straight. Um, but in a couple of different journals, he was like, Hey, this continues to be something that's messed up, like in presidential documents and like it's reported wrong in this, that or the other journal and where they'll continue to mess up, whether it's the person's first name or last name. And Ooh. he was writing about scholars. So like literally people would be mentioned in a scholarly journal the wrong way. Oh, like they no. would literally cite someone's last name, but it was accidentally their first name. And so then uh. you're like, you know, all kinds of things like that. So um, but yeah, so that's really famous. So like Mao Zedong, he's Chairman Mao. They're not referring to him as his first name, right? That's his last name. Uh -huh. Chairman McCrary, um, not Chairman Jesse, right? And then <laughs> it does denote family first because in East Asian cultures, um, there is high reverence for ancestors and origins. And so even more so yes. than yourself being an individual, you would at first us, um, affiliate with your clan. Mm -hmm. So that is why the whole culture being more of a community-driven culture rather than an individual, which is very European, Western American, et cetera. Um, and it's, uh, I did actually, uh, since I have so much background with China, I pretty much knew all of this stuff, but then I was a little overwhelmed when I mentioned to a friend in passing that my next uh, topic was last names. And she was mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I mean, you're going to cover Korean names, right? Oh. Because, and I was like, Oh, mm, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to cover Korean names. Uh, Don't worry. Is there on something it. interesting? Um, I think the thing about Korean names uh, is that there's famously like 50% of the population is three surnames. Wow. That's which a is, big percentage. Which is Kim, Lee, uh. and uh, Park or Pack. Wow. And so if you, those names are, I mean, I think Lee can be all of them, all, a lot of East Asian, especially Chinese, but yeah. it's also like, particularly Korean names. Um, and so it's really fascinating, actually. I was reading a little bit since she sort yeah. of shamed me into, ooh, <laughs> I guess I should know about that. Into everyone's like, name. Why do Koreans have so few surnames from this pool, really, to choose from? Mm -hmm. um, and I was learning a little bit of, uh, same thing with Japanese. Korean and Japanese both stem from Chinese. So a mm -hmm. Sino-Korean um, language, like even their even their characters, often are evolved from originally Chinese, like traditional Chinese characters. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, anciently ago. So they're very proud of what they anciently. developed now. <laughs> but long, long ago. Um, anciently ago. Yes, anciently ago. <laughs> um, I have a new word. Um, basically, a lot of the historians point to their long feudal history, where usually names were reserved for only royalty or aristocrats. Mm, and then mm -hmm. as a way of kind of honoring or awarding people who were faithful subjects or government officials, they might then give you a last name. And oh, so, oh, I just love that. I don't know. I would love to be gifted a name. like Yes. Like you are honorable servant. Right. Thank you. I mean, not I in that way. But I would servant. love to have like achieved something. That's well, what I mean that they considered it a big deal. Like if yeah. they were a hard enough worker that someone just that they worked for decided to give them a name. Right. I just think that's so powerful. And like why I read my quote in the beginning about how people can change. And I don't love that. Like you just give a name to, to a kid and like mm -hmm. you don't know how they're going to come out. And like you grow as a person. And I just love the idea that if you work hard and like do awesome things that you get given a name that means something to you more so, you, you know, definitely. I love that concept. Definitely. Um, 
Yeah. So the other thing that's cool about Chinese names, I kind of went down a rabbit hole with this, <laughs> is that uh, um, they derive, as I mentioned, from very basic things. They're just in a different language. Yeah. I- so Asian characters... Um, they do have a unique ability to maintain some of their original intended content because the characters together are very specific. So a good example of this, um, this is my linguistic nerd coming out, but for example, the Chinese, the Chinese word for computer is actually two characters, one that means electric and one that means brain. Yeah. So literally, cool. if you put those together, though, they, they don't read it as electric brain. They're not reading it literally. Yeah. They're reading it as computer. Mm-hmm. So it's important to note that. And so it's really fun about some of these names is if I'm going to read them out quite literally because they're, <laughs> they're real funny. But um, they they don't mean something quite so literal. Like, mm-hmm. what was the example you gave before of, like, designer down the street? Yeah. I mean, that's... Hello, my name is... Yeah, yeah but it would, you know, eventually, I guess, come to mean something a lot prettier. So you can definitely look. I'm going to post a link to some of these websites where awesome. people can look up their um, last names, but some of these are so fun. Um, I pulled out a few of my favorites. So you have, again, the same four basic principles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you literally have... Excuse me. Shen, Sun, or Sung. Uh, men who don't yield to power. <laughs> now, these are always like all going to have different accent marks or how you yeah. pronounce them in different, whether it's in Korean or Chinese or whatever. But um, a few others, Yi, um, Y-E or Y-E-E, would have been descendants of, um, descend, or excuse me, uh, descendants of a great cook. That's a good one. And there's a whole bunch that are like descendants of. So there's descendants of a rebellious brother, Duan. That is so descriptive. <laughs> oh, these get kind of crazy. Descendants of the earliest historian, which would be Ho. Okay. Descendants of, and I didn't write down all these literally once, but descendants of a great cook, descendants of an agricultural administrator. There is literally the name Ren, which I think um, the, the there's a character that you pronounce Ren that just mm-hmm. means man, that just says name with a long history. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bai or Ba, the irrigation specialist. Okay. Quite. Uh, you know, that's that's what he does. Um, this is one of my favorites. Uh, she or Shek, a loyal judge who won't spare even his own son. Oh, that's so specific. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then this one's quite fascinating, which I think goes back to something cultural that's, you know, when you're thinking of a descriptor, um, the Cao Cao... So Cho, To, yeah. all those um, tend to come from a cesarean birth. So like man or woman of cesarean birth. That is so not what I would have thought you would have just said. Okay. There you go. Uh, man of many concubines. The dragon keepers. Again, fascinating because dragons aren't real. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting on those fossils <laughs> to get dug up. And, we're up and then from. finally, a uh, really fun one, the seafood merchants, which would be Chu, Ku, uh, or Cow. So those are really fun. You can definitely go down a rabbit hole of Chinese names because they're so wow. random and fun. Uh, I am not Chinese. I don't mean to offend anyone if your last name <laughs> we was love it. completely butchered or does not mean that at all. Obviously, I know I know that there's difference. Like, there's only so many phonetic ways to pronounce in the Latin and the Roman <laughs> alphabet uh, Chinese characters. And so I know right. there's tons of variation that your Chinese character, your last name could be uh, Sung and it doesn't mean anything <laughs> like men who don't yield to power but it's just a matter of character (laughs) Mm -hmm. um since i don't know all the characters i can't um speak to all that but basically um there's a couple of other random interesting ones um notably i think i was going to ask you too about first names um the there is i think it's iceland or it's or possibly some countries in scandinavia that actually have a body of people who decide there's this amount of names. So going back to the naming pool mm-hmm. and yeah. you can't stray from that. So it's less common in last names, but there's definitely like f- people who decide like you can't, there's only, this is the list of Icelandic names you can name your child. Right. I, I love that concept. What I was more researching was again, my, my passion for getting your own name. No, is, absolutely. Is tribes that do that exact thing, like current tribes or older tribes. And um, that say, you know, you are a young child until you are 13. Then you go through your, your um your ritual and then you get to choose a name or you are given a name and it just feels so much more powerful Mm -hmm. to me um Mm -hmm. so I love that concept and I also love I do love the concept of having a pool of names 
because I'm of the opinion that a lot of people are doing crazy spellings of names to be different, Mm -hmm. but all you're really doing is diluting the meaning behind that name. Yeah. So that could definitely happen. Yeah. I mean, not to offend anyone, but like Michaela Lee or something like that. It's like that name is like Kaylee, which could have come from something, but you're adding and you're spelling it with like E, yeah. E, E, E. Like, it's like all the Megans, right. the poor Megans of the world. I know. It, it's cute. But like there's something to be said for names that just have that um, that tradition and background behind them. Absolutely. But not to not to say that's my opinion, though, not to say that some people are like, I want something that's like totally original and like that's cool too um especially if you have a last name like smith like <laughs> yeah, go no. for something crazy yeah he called yeah yeah bamboozled or bam- yeah bamboozled go smith for or something. Um, yeah but it's it's fascinating and i um that was that was the kind of the overarching thing too was the um the reason we have all the diversity is because of language mm-hmm. and culture and assimilation and complications and with time our past and because you know there's a lot of there are a lot of people who um fled the nazis for example and they didn't want to be affiliated with german yeah. culture and they would very intentionally change things their like name. that happen everywhere i think just mm-hmm. and so it's yeah and that happens for both first and last names and i think also with dealing with the very multicultural world as it is if you are in doubt, just ask someone what they yeah. want to be called. Communication is always number one. If you are un- unsure about something, no one's going to be offended if you ask them what they prefer I mean. to be called. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a great episode. I think it, it all comes down. Episode. It comes down to those four things, and it comes down to that it's a little bit more simple than you would think it would be. Absolutely. And I'm naming my child Strong Arrow. That is firstborn boy or girl. Strong Arrow. And then That's Strong it. Arrow Junior and Strong Arrow Junior. <laughs> yeah, they'll all be Strong Arrow. I'll just pronounce it a little different each, each way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, please write into us if we got anything wrong or if we mm-hmm. missed a really major facet of name of names or naming conventions um, or something interesting in your culture or especially if you have a last name or first name that does not come from any of the things we've talked about. Yep. That would be super cool. Or if you just have a cool name that you, if you are <laughs> cool son story. of many concubines <laughs> and or man of many concubines, um, you know, tell us that as well. Um, and in the spirit of that, shall we do Editions Attic? Oh, yes. Editions Attic. So if you're still hanging in there, we appreciate everyone that has been listening to us. And we wanted to do a few corrections and shout outs. Um, now that we've gone live and yeah. we have people who are listening, <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> Um, first off, I've gotten the most crap for not identifying the, for identifying the, uh, creature in the caves in the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, as a dragon, and he is a Balrog, so I want to shout out dragon (laughs) to all the nerds out there for calling me out, because I think that's the number one thing that I got feedback on, was how in the world could you, (laughs) he's not a dragon, uh, he's a Balrog. And also the now crocodile. Yeah, the the number one thing that I got because I apparently have a lot of Disney loving friends is we were trying to think of the crocodile that was in a Disney movie that was a really prominent crocodile, and we were thinking of the one in Peter Pan with the little eyes and he's kind of following around Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, though I was told about a lot of other Disney movies that have crocodiles, but that is the one we were thinking. Thanks of. for all that feedback. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a couple other things we wanted to quickly clarify um, where areas where we were confused or unsure when we were. Talking. So when we were talking about the mail episode, um, when we did regular mail, uh, Olivia asked me if, and possibly in early mail in Egypt, were they were they were the couriers on camels or horses? <laughs> the answer is horses. Boo. Uh, when we were did when we did the email episode, uh, same episode when we did email, I I was like, ooh, is that where they invented the at symbol? <laughs> Absolutely not. The at symbol is very old. Um, uh, Possibly as far back as the 6th or 7th centuries. uh, It comes from the Latin word for ad, A-D. And it seems like, I think it it probably meant at a location, Mm -hmm. right, too, but it was just spelled A-D. And so scribes who were trying to do things, they would shorten it by literally combining the letter, the the A and the D. Similar to the A and the T. They're just trying to shorten it uh and it first became put on keyboards uh standard keyboards in the 1880s and then added to qwerty keyboards in the 1940s way before internet and email way before internet and email (laughs) way yes and then (laughs) lastly we had a little bit of confusion when we were talking uh i think on our wine and beer episode Mm -hmm. about 
uh, time periods BC. And we were a little <laughs> confused about whether the 5th century BC would be the 500s or the 400s. And it's just the same as the reverse where the 20th century is the 1900s. It's just in reverse. So the 5th century BC is actually starting in the year 500 BC and going to 401. So the 400s spanning would be the 5th century. century. And if you think about it, that makes sense because once you get to year 100, that's going to be the 1st century. century, And it will be the years like 82 and 27. Right. All the way to zero. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for sticking um, around for, for our corrections. Yes, for sticking um, around. That's what we've got. Yep. So write into us if you have any more. Um, you can check out the origins of um to reach out to us and also for our show notes. The other thing I wanted to mention is um, you can you can write to us with ideas of what you might want us to talk about. If you yep. have an origin of that you want to know about, um, shout it out. And if it fits with our themes, <laughs> we'll do our best. Yep, we'll send it our way. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, Thanks everybody, guys. for listening. This podcast was produced by Johnny Stubbs and was recorded in Atlanta, Georgia. Visit us online at theoriginsofpodcast.com.